They want you to be here so that you can also witness and be part of this love that the Lord has. They want you to be so the hymn that we'll be singing today is from uh, hymn 172. The title is Jesus Loves Even Me. And I just want, before we begin singing, just want you all to take a moment and a second to just think about someone that you really, really love. 在我们唱之前，请大家停下一刻，想一个人，你真真的是真正非常爱的一个人。That you care so much for that, there's nothing you wouldn't do for them. 你这个爱这个人爱到一个地步，你没有任何事情你不会为这个人做，不做。Now, what if I were to tell you that there's someone who can love you like that, but even more? 现在我我就想要，如果我要告诉你，有一个人他爱你就是这样，而且甚至超过了你的爱。Now the one I'm speaking of is Jesus.我所讲的这个人就是耶稣，and He loves you more than you can ever imagine.他爱你超过你所能想象的。And so we look at verse three, please.我们大家看第三节。If we look at the second half, it says, "Yes, it was love that made Him die on the tree. Oh, I am certain that Jesus loves me." It's hard for us to say that we would die for someone that we love, but here's someone that who you've never met, but they love you so much that they die for you. 对我们来说，我们很难说我们爱一个人会爱为这个人去死。但这里所讲到一个人，他虽然你从来没有见过，但他却爱你为你而死。I just encourage you to reflect on that and to think about that person that loves you, Jesus. 我就想你花一刻的时间来想一想，这个爱你的人就是耶稣。So let's sing verses just one, three, and five. 我们来唱一三五节。Now, if you're not comfortable singing, um. I just encourage you to just reflect on the lyrics. 如果你不会唱这首诗歌的话,我就请你默想这个歌词。And think that it not only says Jesus loves me, but Jesus loves you. 这里是不光说耶稣爱我,而是讲到耶稣爱你。
我是简单介绍一下我自己 Right now, I'm self-studying for my PhD degree. Uh,我来这里是在Dr.Lee的指导下做一些科研工作. And um, I am under the um, direction of um, Dr. Lee here. Um,我很开心我能够站在这里和大家分享我的见证. So, uh, uh, I'm very happy and joyful that I can stand here before you to share my testimony. I believe this is all part of God's arrangement for me. Uh, the first time I went to church is actually in 2013. Uh, and taught me 我也没有很少读圣经。And uh, very seldom do I read the Bible。只是我唯一坚持的事情就是我有继续跟神祷告。The uh, only thing that I persisted on is that I will continue to pray to our God。我做一个新手在住院医培训当中遇到过很多个第一次。And uh, as a newbie, the first time I was unfamiliar with many things in the, uh, in the hospital, but the things that I was doing, uh, 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 and I was very, very scared the very first time that I would do many medical procedures such as being a puncture. Um, I was very worried that I was going to harm the patient. 所以我就会在做之前跟神祷告，请神帮助我和我的病人。So before such a procedure, I will pray to God, and that God will enable me to help my patients。然后每一次我的结果都非常的成功。And every time the result is very good and successful. 
病人都跟我说他甚至感觉不到疼痛 And the patient didn't say to me, you know, they didn't experience any pain 我能感受到这是神在帮助我,而不是我自己的工作 I can experience myself that it is God who enabled and helped me It is not I who was doing this, these但是我仍然有自大在我里面阻挡我继续前进 But inside me there was something that, such as my pride that hindered me from going forward 我觉得这就够了,只要我跟神祷告就可以了。I thought, you know, I see enough, as long as I can pray to God, I see enough.So,但是事情,就是时间流逝,我的工作的难度和责任也变得越来越大。And then in terms of my work, the difficulty responsibilities getting greater and greater. 大家可能知道在中国医疗环境不是非常好 And I think many people probably know that the medical field in China is not good 就是医生和患者之间的关系不是有一些问题而且在越来越严重 And there's a lot of complicated factor between the doctor and the patient And it's getting worse and worse 所以我经常在工作当中感觉到非常的累 so many times I feel so tired in the middle of work. And then I cannot receive, I cannot recover what I've actually given out. So many times I just said, I just don't know how to go on. 这个时候我了解到就是还可以说去来美国考这边的执照。I was thinking, you know what, I can actually consider coming to United States and perhaps apply for a license here.但是我知道这个这条路也会很难走，正好在这个时候我有一个机会可以申请来这里。And I know that in terms of this aspect, it's also very complicated and hard. But then I had an opportunity to come here. 所以我就提到了申请，但是非常不幸的事情是，第一，呃，我第一次的申请被拒绝了。So you know, I started in early on. I was applying to come to the United States, and unfortunately, the first time the application was denied. 当时我以我我我非常失望，因为我以为我没有机会再来了。At that time, I was so disappointed. I thought maybe I don't have any more opportunity to come. 我不明白说为什么神没有听我的祷告。I did not understand why God did not answer my prayer. 我如此的努力，但是no matter how hard that I tried.嗯，sorry.嗯，反正嗯，有一个新的机会摆在我面前。Then there was a new opportunity that was placed before me.嗯，虽然说这个我得到了另外一个项目的资助。then, you know, in terms of I had an opportunity, I had another um, uh, funding. Uh,直到我来到这里，我才明白说这个机会虽然它给我的钱比较少一些，但是却给了我更多的方便。the other opportunity, even though the money-wise was less, but it had a lot more convenience to come here. 然后我才发现说所有的事情都是神的安排。Then I realized, wow, everything is under the arrangement of God. 如果我早就相信神，If I believe God earlier，如果我更早的就是信靠神的话，我就不会受这么多的痛苦的煎熬。If I earlier I entrusted myself to God, then I don't have to go through such difficulty. 
after I come here, after I come to this church, I really want to know God more. So, uh, and in here in this church, I have received a lot of help from brothers and sisters. And there were a lot of puzzling things, confusion. I have all answers to them now. And once again, I have faith. 我也了解到我自己过去我身上的一些问题和我的罪。And I understand now all the problems I had and even my sin.我能感觉到神在不断的治愈我心里面的伤痕。And I can see that God is continuing healing all the scars in my heart.有很多细节上的变化在我身上。A lot of details in my in my life. Uh, I do not know how to tell you all these things in such limited time. Uh, I'm just going to give a simple example. Uh, when I initially came here, 我甚至, uh, 会 很紧张, 跟, originally I wasn't like that. And it's really blessed that God healed me. So I can now boldly without fear reservation to share the testimony before you. 我真的能感受到我自己每天每个星期都在不断的更新。And I can see my heart is being renewed every single day, every week. I really thank God that He arranged for me to come here. To come to this church. And to meet so many loving brothers and sisters with such wisdom. I know that this is only a beginning. I will continue walk on this path. I hover before that God's door for approximately six years. Just like in Matthew it says, and all the gospel friends, I hope that you are not like me who hover back and forth in terms of the gospel door. And I hope that you can uh, early on believe in the Lord. Then you can receive more joy and peace.
Good morning, everyone. Uh, Are we all awake? No, it's raining outside. God's blessing is abundant for us. Uh, We have a handout of the scripture for the story that we're going to share today. Have all the gospel friends received the handout? If any gospel friend has not received it, can you raise your hand? Okay, can the usher please help give the 我们接待的弟兄们请帮他们给一下这个经节。Okay, those gospel friends that have not received them, could you raise your hand? Okay, there's one here. There's one here over here. So today, we're going to share on the story that happened 2,000 years ago. This is the story of the Samaritan woman. Uh, For the gospel friends, have any not heard of the story of the Samaritan woman? Or maybe you're not familiar with it. Okay. Okay. Okay, for the sake of time, I'll read this story in English for you. Uh, we'll look at John chapter 4, verses 3 through 30, and then verses 39 to 42. He left Judea and departed again to Galilee, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground 
that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. But Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks the wa of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming, when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. And we'll just read verses 39 through 42. And and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ 
the Savior of the world. So let me ask you a question. What do you think of this Samaritan woman? Do you think you're a lot better than her because she's an adulterous woman? What kind of man or woman do you classify yourself? So please hold your thoughts. And as we go through the story, we'll consider these questions again. So as we go through this story, there are four characters here. Jesus, the Samaritan woman, the disciples, and the city, the people in the city of Sikar. And so today we'll only talk about three of them. Jesus, the Samaritan woman, and the people of the city of Sikar. Now we know the conversation is mainly between Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Before we go into the story, let me give you a little background on the geographical setting of the story. Then we'll go through the story and see how it applies to us. Maybe we can have Okay. I apologize if you can't see from the back. But this is the land of Israel at the time of Jesus. Okay. I'm testing with this technology. You have the Mediterranean Sea to the west. To the east, you have the Jordan River. And to the south, you have the land region of Judea or Judah. And to the north, you have the region of Galilee. And then in the middle, you have the region of Samaria. And if you look really close, uh, you can see you can see the, uh, the city of Sikar. And, which is in the area of Shechem of the Old Testament. So this is all in Samaria. So as the, as the Samaritans who are from the area of Samaria, uh, they were Jews mixed with the Gentiles who were brought in by the Assyrians. 
so the Jews considered the Samaritans as mixed blood or they were unclean. And when the Jews returned from the Babylonian exile, but the Samaritans uh, tried to interrupt the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. Uh, so the Jews, um, so uh, although the Samaritans believed in God, but they added pagan God and pagan rituals to their worship. So the Jews don't associate with the Samaritans because they feel that they are unclean or not pure. So during the time that this story occurred, if a Jew wants to travel between the area of Judea and uh, Galilee, uh, he will purposely uh, avoid the land of Samaria. So he would rather take a long detour to the right of the Jordan River. Even though the most direct way, as you can see, is through Samaria. So some of them even travel on the river to avoid Samaria. But somehow on that particular day, Jesus had a burden. And he told his disciples that he needed to go through Samaria. The word needed is is a Greek word, which is a very strong word, meaning duty or responsibility. And he feels obligated and he must go. Why does Jesus why did he have to go come to this place? And then later on we know he stayed here for two more days. We also know at the time there is a custom that Jewish men and women don't talk in public. So we find that in this story how eager Jesus was to come and approach the Samaritan woman. He was determined and he was intentional to come. And he planned to come to Samaria to deliver the good news to her. Okay, let's see another slide to see why Jesus had to come to this place uh, from a historical standpoint. On the left is Mount Gerizim. Okay, so on the right, uh, the, the Mount Gerizim, as you can see, has more green vegetation. And on the right is Mount Ebal. You can see it's barren. 
And in the place between the two mountains is about the location of Sikar. Sikar is in the area of Shechem of the Old Testament. And Shechem is an important place in the Old Testament. It means shoulders. So the two mountains are like the shoulders of God. Now before the Israelites entered Canaan, Moses had commanded them to pronounce blessings when they arrive at the Mount Gerizim. And so the Samaritans believe that they can reach God and receive his blessings if they worship on Mount Gerizim. So they never consider to worship on Mount Ebal. Because that's where the Curses are to be pronounced. We mentioned about Shechem. Uh, there are three major forefathers that relate to Shechem. Uh, we, we know Abraham, when he first entered Canaan, he stayed in Shechem. And he built his first altar there. This is a view from Mount Gerizim. So Abraham's grandson Jacob dug a well there called Jacob's Well. And this is the swell that we read about in our story today. And also Jacob's son Joseph, his, his tomb is also here, Joseph's tomb. Okay. Okay. So now that we have some background on Sikar and the Samaritans, uh, let's take a look at the interesting conversation uh, that occurred here. So Jesus asked the Samaritan woman, give me a drink. And if I can ask the usher to turn our lights back on. Now did this woman respond with what this strange Jewish man asked? No, she didn't give him water. What did she say? She said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? So in instead of giving Jesus water, she immediately put up this wall of tradition between her and Jesus. And she brought out this deep-rooted tradition 
an identity issue between the two peoples. So she basically said, I'm a Samaritan and a woman. How can you, a Jewish man, ask me for water? Who do you think you are? So I'm, as I mentioned earlier, that Jesus uh, said that there's no association between the Jews and the Samaritans. And the men and women don't speak in public. So let's see Jesus' answer. If you knew the gift of God and who it is who speaks, says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So Jesus' answer brought up two important points. The gift of God, as well as the one who speaks to you can give you that living water. Uh, you may feel that Jesus' answer seems irrelevant. Has nothing to do with what the woman asked. Uh, the woman was asking about a tradition and identity issue. Uh, it was regarding the Jews and the Samaritans and between man and woman. It seems like on the surface, Jesus did not respond to her directly. But in fact, he did show his actual identity on a higher level. Because who can give the gift of God? Who can give living water? Only the one from God. And no human being can give a gift of God. And no one can give living water. So Jesus basically said to her, you, you bring up tradition and identity. But my identity supersedes the traditions and the man woman issues uh, because I'm from God. So Jesus gave her an opportunity to ask for this gift of God and the living water. But the woman appeared not to listen, hear Jesus' reply. And she didn't ask for the living water. She simply checked him out, looked him up and down, and see that he had nothing, no equipment with him. So the woman quickly applied her logical and practical thinking. She said, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, 
who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? 夫人说：“先生，你没有打水的器具，井又深。你从哪里得活水呢？我们的祖宗雅各将这井留给我们，他自己和儿子并牲畜都牲畜都从喝这井里的水。难道你比他还大吗？”So this woman missed the point again. 所以这个妇人再次错过了那个重点。She only observed Jesus' appearance. 她只看见耶稣的外表。And heard his words. But she didn't listen to his message about the living water. So what does her reaction tell us about her? She's very practical. She had two responses to Jesus' two points. First, without an equipment, how can you draw? And second, are you greater than our father Jacob? She thought her forefathers are much greater than this strange Jewish man in front of her. And she holds her tradition and history higher than this person before her. So although she was reluctant to receive this uh, Jesus offer immediately, 虽然他不会不愿意马立刻接受耶稣所要赐给他的。Jesus was still patient and persistent to try to give her this gift of living water. 耶稣还是在那里持续的，还是在那里耐心的要继续要把这个活水再赐给他。Again, Jesus did not answer her question immediately. 同样，耶稣没有很快的回应他的问题。But he pointed out two important messages. 但这里他又讲了两个重要的信息。If you drink this water, you will thirst again. But if you drink the water that I give you, then a fountain of water will spring up in you to eternal life. So basically, Jesus asked her not to struggle to draw water from the well. Because that water can only quench her physical thirst. But the water that Jesus can give her can quench her, her spiritual thirst. And it's a living water that can unceasingly flow up to eternal life. So as I said before, this woman is very practical. She's very smart. And she had a quick reaction. She said, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst. Uh, nor come here to draw. She knows when she sees a good thing to grab it. And to take advantage of it. I don't know whether you've out shopping on Black Friday after Thanksgiving. Maybe you waited hours in the, in the cold. And all you wanted was to be the first group to get into the stores. And, and, and get the big savings. This woman saw a good thing and she grabbed it. But here, Jesus is not giving you a, any perishable things. 
But he's giving you living water that can flow to eternal life. So this woman immediately asked for this living water so she doesn't have to come to draw. So even though this woman was so eager to gain the benefit of this living water, but Jesus did not grant it to her right away. Jesus was very methodical and he narrowed down to her core issue. Jesus says, Go, call your husband to come here. The woman was very honest, I have no husband. Jesus said, You've had five husbands. And the one you now have is not your husband. So from here we can tell that this woman is in a sinful relationship. She could be widowed or divorced five times. But the key is the the man who she currently lived with is not her husband. Sin is like a bottomless pit. And it cannot be satisfied. This woman tried to use other men or other partners, one after another, to fill her inner needs. But she could never be satisfied. And she has become a slave to sin. However, this woman is very shrewd. She shied away from Jesus' words. Now she used tradition, history, now she turned to religion. But she pointed out that her fathers used to worship on Mount Gerizim. The Samaritans had built a temple to worship pagan god on Mount Gerizim. And the temple was already in ruins by the time of Jesus. So the woman said, You Jews say the worship should be in Jerusalem. So this woman brought up two religious situations. The first is a sincere worshiper of a false god. And this is represented by all the Samaritans who so-called worship a pagan god with pagan rituals on Mount Gerizim. And the second religious situation is the false worshipper of the true God. And this is represented by the Jews who worship in Jerusalem. They follow Jewish rituals and the Mosaic law. To worship the true God. But 
But these two religious people are not what the true God desires. Jesus clearly stated, Neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. So the true God is seeking the true worshiper. So the bondages of tradition, history, religion, and the sinful life are like bunkers or strongholds in this woman's life. So so they're like heavy baggages that weigh her down and she cannot come uh, to, to the Lord her spirit and truth were blocked from uh, from coming and worship the true God. So Jesus came to seek her. And it's like peeling an onion, layer by layer, he took down her bunkers. Jesus came to break down her layer of tradition. Because his own identity supersedes all the tradition. Because and Jesus came to take down her layer of religion. Because the worship of the true God is not religion, but it's a rebuilding of the relationship with God. And after he took down her two bunkers, uh, Jesus brings her to the core issue, which is sin. Although she had desired to grab this living water, and Jesus wanted to give it to her, and yet she had to meet a condition. She had to deal with her core issue, which is her sinful life. She could shy away from that lie. She could shy away from the sin by using, uh, using tradition or religion. But Jesus redirected her to focus on her core issue, which is sin. Now she knows about her sins. And she felt ashamed about it. That's why she came to the well by herself. Most women, when they come to draw water, they would come during the time of sunset, when it's cooler. But she would rather come out on the sixth hour, which is noontime, when it's the hottest. So this is so that she can avoid meeting other people. 
a sinful life is like a bondage to us so that we become a slave to sin. Dear friend, if I ask you, are you a sinner? What is your reaction? I believe for most of you, your first reaction is to deny. I'm a rather good person. How can I be called a sinner? But dear friend, let me tell you. Ever since our forefathers sinned, everyone has been born with sin. And no one can claim that they're not a sinner. Uh, the Bible says there is no one righteous, not even one. Just to give you a small example. If you have children, or maybe you don't have children, but your parents used to teach you. Do not lie. Why is that? Why why do we lie? Because our human nature we like to use lie to cover up our hidden things. And some things in our life we just don't want to reveal to others. We like to sugarcoat it by saying, Oh, I just told a white lie. But no matter whether it's a white lie or a common lie, we still lie. No, we've never been taught to lie, but it seems to flow easily from us. And we teach our kids not to lie, but they seem to lie without being taught. If you say that you've never lied, then you've just told the biggest lie. If you say that you've never cheated other people, you have just cheated yourself. And this is only one of our sins. Sin is not just us committing a crime against the law. Sin is also the secret faults in our mind. They are all considered sin. The woman felt shame and she wanted to cover her sin. And we are the same. We try to cover our sins. But our sins still exist and they will not disappear. So this woman came out at noon thinking that she can avoid the crowd. And that no one will know about her sins. So she could live and justify herself. So after Jesus took down her bunkers by pointing out her uh, core issue, uh, the woman's inner eyes were gradually opened. And she started to know that Jesus is not an ordinary man. Because how can a stranger know about her personal issues? 
Issues that she tried to cover up. It would be understandable if Jesus had lived in her community. Uh, and he would have known about her life. But in fact, she's never met Jesus in her life. But she, Jesus came to seek her and point out her past history and her current condition. So she elevated this to a spiritual level. She says, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. This is also an identity question, just as she asked at the beginning of the story. This time, Jesus directly admitted that I who speak to you am He. This is the very first time that Jesus told a non Jew that He is the Messiah. What does Messiah mean? It means the anointed one. Oh, this is a Hebrew word. It means savior or deliverer. And in, in Greek, it is Christ. Jesus is the king who will bring salvation. We cannot use our human methods such as doing good deeds in order to redeem ourselves. The Messiah who is the Savior can bring that salvation and deliver us from our sins. Only the Messiah can bring us from a sinful life to a new life. Jesus did not come to criticize us. Oh, he is not here to accuse us. But he came to reveal himself uh, as the anointed one. Who can deliver you from your sinful life. And give you an eternal life. The water that he gives you will quench your spiritual thirst. A French mathematician Pascal once said, There is a God shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. So years ago, Jesus came to seek this Samaritan woman. And he wanted to give her this new life and the living water. He told her three things that she needed to do. First, she needed to know the gift of God. 
Second, she needed to ask him for this living water. And lastly, she had to believe in Jesus. First, she had to know the gift of God. What is the gift of God? From Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if you accept this gift of God, you will be set free from your bondage of sin. And you will come out from this dominion of sin and enter the kingdom of God. And your sinful life will change into eternal life. Second, she had to ask him for the living water. Uh, the asking is derived from the need. But the need does not necessarily trigger the asking as an action. 但是, uh, From Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we are all sinners. And we all need uh, eternal life. We all need the Lord Jesus. We all need to be saved. But do we all ask for this eternal life? Have you ever asked for eternal life? Jesus wants us to ask. Because we all have this need. So because we are all sinners, we need to look inside of ourselves. We have to admit that we are sinners. To admit that we need to be saved. So we will ask. Some people, even though that they confess to be sinners, but they never opened their mouths to ask. God's salvation already exists. Just like the living water that flows unceasingly. It will not change even if these people don't ask. But for them who don't ask, the salvation of Jesus Christ will not come to them. You know, asking is a very simple act. As long as you open your mouth, God will give you that living water. Which is that eternal life. And lastly, she had to believe in Jesus. He is our Savior. He is the Christ. No one can save us from our sins, not even ourselves. We read that the wages of sin is death. The price that Jesus paid in order to redeem and deliver us from our sins was by dying on the cross. And 
then he resurrected from the dead and gave eternal life to everyone who believes. You have to believe that he is the only one who can save you. From Romans 10 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So he not only paid the price for our sins, uh, he also gave us a new life. And he even promised in John 1.12 As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So look at this woman. She responded to the three things that Jesus wanted her to do. And those are the three things that Jesus is asking us to do now. You know, she simply asked for the living water. When she did not completely understand or comprehend what it means. And when Jesus revealed to her that he is the Christ, she knew that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. And she knew that he is the gift of God. So when she asked, she received. And her life changed. Well, the Bible did not elaborate how she changed. I mean, how she believed. But from her actions, we can tell that she changed. And she received a new life. She left her water pot and went into the city. You recall at the beginning, she came to the well at noontime or trying to avoid the crowd. But now her life changed 180 degrees. She went into the city and did not feel shame anymore. She left her water pot, the equipment that she used to depend on. She thought these equipment can quench her thirst. But she realized that this limited vessel cannot satisfy her inner thirst, which is her sin. So we are also just like her. We also try to use our limited vessels to try to cover our sins. We use our good deeds and our righteous acts to try to cover our sins. But they're like filthy rags. And cannot change our sinful nature. You see this woman had a new life flowing out of her. 
你看到这个妇人，她里面有个新的生命从那里面流出来了。It's just that living water that Jesus gave her。这就是耶稣所赐给她的活水。And she brought this new life and this excitement to the city。她也把这个新的生命和这个新的生命的兴奋带到了这个城里面。This woman also left her old life behind。这个妇人也把她旧的生命放在后面了。She used to try to avoid other people。她过去要躲开众人。But she changed。她现在她改变了。She used to be a loner。now she talked to the crowd to the people of the city and she testified to what Jesus had done and so every, every Christian should be similar when we meet our Lord we will never go back to our old life leave the things you used to depend on and we testify to the mighty work that Jesus had done. The other character in the story is the people from the city of Sikar. They used to despise or even associate with this woman. But now they see the change in her. And they were curious why she changed. They didn't take her just at her word. But they wanted a first hand experience with Jesus. So they came to believe that Jesus is the Christ. That he is the Savior of the world. And it's amazing that this town Sakar in Samaria. They have never heard of the the good news of the gospel. But just as Luke nineteen ten says, uh, the Son of Man, which is what Jesus refers to himself, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. 就像在路加福音第十章十九节，这里耶稣讲到自己的时候说：“人子来是为了寻找拯救失丧的人。” lastly, what does it mean to accept Jesus as your personal savior? 最后一点，什么意味着接受耶稣做你个人的救主呢？ Oh, the word savior in Chinese has two parts. 啊，这个救主在中文是两个字。That he's both the redeemer and he's also the Lord. 也讲到他是救救我们的，也讲到他是我们的主。so by receiving the Lord as your personal Savior, you recognize that He not only redeems you from your sins, and this is through His sacrifice on the cross, but He will also become the Lord and Master of your life. So you are freed from the bondage of sin. And you're now in the hand of a loving master who will lead you and protect you all your life. Let's bow our head for a prayer. Dear friend, uh, just as uh, Jesus urged the Samaritan woman 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus is urging you today. The hour is coming. The Lord said, the, the hour is coming, and now is. 主讲到说, 时候到了, 如今就是. 
And when you believe, the salvation will come to you. And you have changed just like this Samaritan woman. All the Christians here can testify that they are the beneficiaries of this salvation. And all can testify that how we left our old life and that Jesus is the Savior. So, dear friends, don't hesitate. And don't be reluctant. Don't be like this woman in the beginning, how she used tradition and religion uh, to uh, avoid coming to Jesus. Put down your old life and all your bondages. Turn around and come to Jesus. The hour is coming. The Lord said, The hour is coming, and now is. Jesus came to seek you. Come and ask Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior. Confess that you are a sinner. If you ask Jesus to be your Savior, He will give you this living water. And this living water will flow unceasingly and spring up in you to eternal life. And you will, your spirit will never thirst again. And you no longer need the limited vessel to try to fill this bottomless pit. If you're willing to ask Jesus to be your personal Savior, would you raise your hand and I will pray for you? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Any others? Thank the Lord. Okay, you can put them down. Well, this is not a religion. But it's a relationship. That you can rebuild your relationship to God. God asks you to know that He is the gift of God. And to ask Him for the living water. And to believe in Jesus. The hour is coming. Uh, and now is. When will Jesus come by again this way? May we grab the opportunity. Grab a good thing when you see it. Are you willing to accept the Lord as your personal Savior? If you're willing to, please raise your hand. And I'll pray for you. Are there any others? Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord. Okay, let's pray. 
Lord, that I can I confess that I am a sinner. Lord, and today I've come to know that you are a gift of God. And that I want to ask you for this living water. And why I want to believe Jesus as my Savior. I accept you as my personal Savior. And I want to commit my life into your uh, into your hands. And as you promise, I can become a, ch- a child of God. And that you will lead me and guide, protect me all my life. I pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.